0: Hey, 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 it's Todd Fox here from Halos in the Infield, and I gotta tell you about Noble L Works, where all you have to do is mention Halos in the Infield to get 10% off of any kind of craft beer or anything in house. So we're on tap at Noble L Works, they have the best flavored beers and awesome golden pale l's you gotta check them out mention hiti and get your 10 percent off right there and then also 714 tickets 714 tickets 714 tickets is a place to go to get tickets for concerts theater events and also sporting events outside of the states of california because you can go anywhere and use 714 tickets and get a 714 tickets discount via HITI, which is Halos in the Infield, in the Apply Now code. So give them a call too, or go online and get that discount courtesy of Halos in the Infield. Now enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, the Lone Star
1: Halo Fernando. How's it going, Halo fam? And Todd, how are you? Halo Honks,
0: we are good. I'm good, uh, Mr. Lone Star. As we start this show, we're going to be talking about our uh, three underrated angels of all time, according to us. Not the actual list, if there is one, if anyone's ever made one. But these are the three players that were underrated. Or- this is the formalist.
1: Yeah, this yeah. This is it. We're making it right now. We are etching <laughs> it with our blood on a stone.
0: Absolutely. It's all the it's all the emotions of watching these players over the years or just finding one player maybe in the comments or if you want to email us at halos in the infield, we're going to take your questions and maybe Halo's a, in the infield that what? Oh, halos in the infield <laughs> podcast at yahoo.com. That's okay, I'm like it, that's
1: pretty important. <laughs> yeah,
0: you might want the right address. Um but yeah, yeah if true. you guys or gals want to uh give us questions, comments, concerns uh or just you know uh, show topics we can take those as well and we'll integrate that in the show and give you props uh, uh for sure maybe even a free gift or something um but,
1: but unless you have bad advice then email us and halos us and feel that hotmail
0: there you go <laughs> <laughs> everyone has a hotmail account or uh yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah uh we're also going to be talking about uh ron washington's statements uh to to uh, the media about the angels upcoming season the lack of more news on the on the angels front and uh where they're ranked as far as moves and what is free agency and things of that nature where the where the teams at yeah yeah essentially yeah so let's get started what topic you want to hit first
1: let's uh let's try to break the ice with something a little fun let's take a walk down memory road so uh todd will occasionally call me uh you know on his way to work lunch whatever you know we'll chit chat I will throw some baseball stuff around. Honestly, we should really record those conversations because most of the time they're a, can be the gold and b, some really good angels, uh, just ideas always seem to bounce off of us. But this one was kind of a fun conversation I had, and I was like, you know what? Let's bring it to the listeners. So uh, a couple days ago, I asked the question of the day: Who is your all-time favorite angel? Who you like for no damn reason? We all have them, right? The one player that you're like, man, I love that guy. And people are like, but like, why? He sucks. And you're like, I know, but I like him. You'll defend him till the end of time. Kind of like Todd with Suarez and Squiddy He would go to bat for those guys. He might even eat his firstborn, even though she's born already. But, you know, if he has to go in a time machine to save Squiddy Poo's life and he has to eat his firstborn, he'd yeah. consider it. He wouldn't do it, but he'd consider it. <laughs>
0: It's not, that's not it's the thing I want to think about, man. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, that's fair. I don't think anybody wants to cons- consider eating their children. No, that's not at all.
0: That's
1: <laughs> horrible. Yeah, animals do it. It's weird. Anyway, so <laughs> just, just a bad joke. But um, so we talked about it. We kind of spit some guys around. And I was like, you know what? Like, spend some time and think about it. And then let me know who your three are. So I'm going to let you go first. Who are your three? Name them first. And then you can go into why if you'd like.
0: All right, Uh, I guess I have to start out with my boy Terry Evans. It would be a hardcore Angel fan to remember this guy. Uh, He was a career minor leaguer, but he was around the time of Brandon Wood and some of your players that were ascending to the Angels, Jeff Mathis and and a, and a few others. And uh, he was a part of that Disney crop, you know, that was still being drafted by Disney. He put in his time. I He put in a lot of home runs. I got to see him. Uh, in spring training one year I got to see him play for Salt lake and I thought man this guy is about a you know six four uh 220 pound kid very fast uh you know I saw him make some plays in the outfield I'm like man this guy could make the squad someday and I was thrilled to see uh one of the I, I can't remember the year offhand that he made the club um midseason 2007 okay 2007 okay so he made the team he came up. And uh, I was at the game because w- I, I was intrigued. I wanted to see what he would do. And, and you know, he, he came in late in a couple games. And then I happened to be at another game where he actually got a start. And uh, he got uh, a double, and then he hit a home run. And I was thrilled. I thought, man, this guy's finally going to make it because Socha hadn't been playing him that much, and he's finally putting a couple RBIs on the board. You know, he's he's got his feet wet. They're going to play him because they need to play him. They had some injuries and he re- he stayed on the bench, and it was so disappointing because again back then the Angels were a lot deeper, but uh, and and they were winning back then. They were winning, but uh, Terry, uh, man, he never got to see much playing time after that, unfortunately, and and uh, his career floundered. And I don't think he was in the majors after that as well. I don't know if they saw something, but the the time he was up, he was good. That's all I got to say. I, that's my one. Maybe you should get into your your one. We'll just go back and forth. So, so about Terry, you watched his only career home run. Yes, yes. And you watched
1: 33% of his career hits that day. <laughs> he had three hits in his career. And you watched 33% of them.
0: Yep, I sure did.
1: <laughs> you watched that man's golden moment. <laughs> In 19 at bats as a major leaguer, he batted 158 with one home run, eight, three RBIs. Hey, see, he got another RBI when I wasn't there. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, so um, I'll kind of hit you with my one. Um, the first guy that came to mind for me was Dallas McPherson. Obviously. Um, he was not super well known as a player. Obviously, a lot of Angels fans will know him. He spent three years with the Angels, uh, 04, 05, and 06. I I, I don't know why. I I thought he had all the potential in the world at third base, first base, had the opportunity to play the corner uh, infield there. He had a war of not even one combined in his career and batted at 241. So as you can tell, he made it real far in his career. But I do know his name gets thrown around a lot.
0: Yeah, he was one of those guys that, that I thought he was going to be a legitimate player for the Angels after Brandon Wood or maybe during Brandon Wood's run, too, because he had those crop of players and very disappointing to see he caught uh, Mono, and if, among other injuries that slowed him down.
1: Man, he was the first guy to get one of those, like, Angels injuries where you're like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh I guess my number two guy and the Angels relied heavily on him uh, back in the day. And it was before uh, a little bit around the early days of Mike Socia uh, before the, the 2002. It sucked that he didn't make the, that uh, transition with him. But his career kind of went down after 98. But from 96 to 98, you want to talk about Mr. Reliable, Mike Holtz. A, a lefty out of the Angels bullpen. I mean, he was forever the Angels. Like, like how they are now is completely different. Like now, that it's like if you can throw left-handed, it doesn't matter if you've ever thrown the ball before. They'll they'll take you. And, and but, back but Tyler
1: then, Anderson got a job.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but the Angels back then, all I'm gonna say is they if if they had one lefty on the team, that's one too many. As far as out of the bullpen, they had some sort of. Like they were racist against left-handed bullpen pitchers. And but the, <laughs> the only guy that they used was Mike Holtz and he worked for three or four years and then his career went downhill. But he was good. I I I really felt he got us out of a lot of jams.
1: I've never heard of that man in my life, but in all fairness, 96 98, I was one to three. So well, well I before my time.
0: No, I get you, but like he I'll put you this way. He had a 245 ERA in 96. He had a 332 in 97 and a 4.75 ERA, but they used him an awful lot. A true angel. Yeah, true angel for sure.
1: How many games did he play total in his career?
0: Uh, Total in his career, it looks like he played uh, in 62 games.
1: Okay, so not a giant sample size for a career.
0: No, no, but but he, but I'm just telling you, like those three years when they needed him for an out, and literally it was like an out here and out there, yeah. a couple outs. He was. I,
1: that was, you know, before what two years ago, because you know they now made that rule where you got to be in there for for you know three batters minimum. Oh, by unless the, you know it ends the inning, but back then, you know. Did you hear the new rule?
0: Did you hear the new rule with the bullpen? Which one? The one where they, if you have someone warming up. You have to play him. Oh, with- you have
1: to bring him in. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw that.
0: Yeah. At least one batter.
1: Yeah. I think they did that in the uh, World Baseball Classic. Yeah. I, I think they, at least uh, it was something that was told to like the USA teams that had a player from the US. Like they were like, hey, if you're going to warm that guy up, they have to go inside the game. So I don't know if that's kind of what happened.
0: That's probably what happened. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, anything else about the lefty?
0: No, that's, that's, the about South all I ball. Have. that was way too okay.
1: <laughs> That's fair. You gave him. You talk more about him. Anyone outside of his mom has uh, talked about. He's like I didn't uh, even know this that millennium. This millennium. Uh, all right. So the other one is a name that uh, some people might know here. The man from West Hills, Jet Bandy, one of the best names in professional baseball. I believe he was involved in the Martine Maldonado trade. Uh, they traded him to Milwaukee, and Milwaukee traded us Martín okay. Maldonado. If memory yeah. serves correctly, so Jet Bandy only played two games for us in 2015. He played 70 for us as an Angel uh, in uh, 2016, and he did uh, pretty decent. I, I remember him doing way better than batting 234. I remember him being pretty hot at the beginning of that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he because just- who else? Who else was our catcher in 2016? Carlos Perez?
0: Giovanni, Giovanni Soto, and Carlos Perez. You're right.
1: Okay. yeah.
0: So Jeff Bandy,
1: I remember really liking him. I remember him uh, being a pretty big name to start because I remember him doing an autograph signing. I think it was at a T-Mobile store in Orange on Chapman Avenue. And I believe Tyler Skaggs was also there. Um, and I remember being really excited about Jet Bandy, no disrespect to Tyler Skagg, but at that point I'd already had a couple of items signed by Tyler Skagg, nothing by Jet Bandy. And I was so excited about him. Yeah. And he was involved in that trade in 2017 that sent him to Milwaukee. So we never really got to see his full potential, but considering the fact that, uh, he only went on to play, uh, what 84 games in two seasons with Milwaukee. He didn't really end up having much of a career because in those two seasons, he batted um, 287 in 2017 and 188 in 2018. And then he never played again.
0: Mm. One of those uh, flash in the pans, right?
1: I mean, maybe, like I said, I thought he batted way better as an angel. I thought he was at least like in the 260 range, but uh, 237, that was pretty low.
0: Yeah. There's, there's certain players that just like come and go or they, they don't. It looks like they're the real deal. And this is like, like Jeff Bandy was a guy that he showed a lot of potential. So I'll give you that one. And here's another guy that, that I'm gonna go with another picture on this one. Uh, The great Jordan Walden, who I thought was the successor for Troy Percival and Frankie Rodriguez, or at least a, a good setup guy to, to Frankie when they still had him. And uh not so much. Uh He had a, yeah, it was. He had a weird career, and uh, for him to only be on the Angels for three years, it it kind of pissed me off because he finished out his career with Atlanta and St. Louis, but he didn't pitch as many games as you would think with the Angels. He only p- pitched in 67 games in three years, and he had an ERA sparkling at 235 in 2010, 298 in 2011, 346 in 2012 uh but 2011 was his all-star year 32 saves and uh i i thought this guy was going to be around for a long time i i don't remember what happened to him maybe in the comments or an email at halos in the infield podcast at yahoo.com where we take your fan <laughs> mail uh <laughs> but no, um maybe you guys could uh fill me in on how his career ended but it it says here only 6 years in the majors so maybe he had arm trouble okay.
1: In 2015, he played uh, 12 games with St. Louis and had an ERA of 0.87. So that would make me venture to guess that he must have gotten hurt and just had some career-ending injury, much like uh, our friend maybe Braden Oltoff. Remember, you know he had a career-ending yeah. injury, so it could have been something like that because I don't know what happened to him off the top of my head. That's a really good name. He was stellar to start his career as an angel, and I think most people – you know, when you have an ERA of 2.35 and 2.98, let alone the fact that he had so many saves in 2011, a lot of people probably start to have some faith in this guy. You know, hey, you know, he's a long term piece.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing that's kind of sad looking at his numbers. I mean, dude pitched six years and didn't have an ERA over four. So, I mean- yeah. And
1: it's also crazy that he had a pretty good sample size in almost every one of those years, except the first and the last one. Besides that, 62 games, 45, 50, 58 as a reliever that's not nothing
0: yeah that's that's not bad at all but and and uh i i just remember he had a herky-jerky delivery i i like pitchers that give you that difference like the stutter yeah yeah he had that stutter uh he had something like a ben weber back in the day angel fans would know that anytime you can give a a hitter a different look like Shigatoshi hasagawa you know, Hideo Nomo, stuff like that, it throws off the hitter's timing. And I think Walden had something like that, almost like a slide step too.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of players, um, you know, especially that have come over from Japan, uh, at least in my lifetime, that have really, really perfected that stutter. Um, Oh gosh, what was his name? Uh, Johnny Cueto is another guy who's notorious for, you know, the, the herky-jerky pause. Uh, well, uh, Hansel Robles, he used to kind of do like the double leg kick sometimes. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah he would yeah. like quick pitch 100 miles an hour, and then the other times he would like pump his leg like two or three times and then throw 100 miles an hour. So, you know, there's a lot of guys who have perfected it, but uh, yeah, in my lifetime, I, I remember definitely a lot of uh pitchers who have come over from the uh, MPB. I mean, uh, uh what's his name, Akinari Oshka. Uh, who was a former Padre and Ranger. I remember he kind of did that. So
0: Okay, okay. Um <laughs> let, let me ask you this question. Let me throw a curveball in there, and I should have brought this up before he we went on. But uh let's see if you uh can you think of a veteran that the Angels got that was past his prime but still productive and you wish that you had more of his career than the sample size you got with the angels?
1: You know Oscamar.
0: Okay, you know Escobar. Can you think of another one, maybe?
1: Let's see. Who do we get at their end of their career?
0: Because I could who think was a,
1: decent for us.
0: I could think of two. Let's see if you agree with this one. Because I agree with Escobar. Escobar would have been awesome to have longer. A lot
1: of Angels fans are always talk about like how he wasn't good for us, and I'm like, I don't know, guys. If you look at the numbers, uh, besides Mike Trout in 2016 and 2017, he was our best hitter. Guy was nearly a 300 hitter. He was the prototypical leadoff guy. Got on base. wasn't too fast, but he wasn't too slow. He was a doubles machine,
0: and he wasn't a liability at third. He was very underrated with defense at third. Uh, yeah, but- he also
1: made a lot of boneheaded decisions. Got thrown out a lot, but you know, hey, yeah, yeah. You win some, you lose some.
0: Base running wasn't great, but yeah. Um, no, a guy I think of all the time is Jose Abreu. Like I loved his play discipline. Bobby Abreu or Bobby Abreu. There you go. Uh, yeah,
1: he was a right fielder for us, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, he he wasn't the best outfielder cuz obviously he was past his prime, but dude had a, a great eye, he was a good teacher, and I I wonder why he's not a coach nowadays.
1: Might just might not be interested, yet cuz he was a very respected player. He was with us in was it 2012?
0: Yeah, it might have been through 13 cuz I know he spent 2 years with us.
1: Okay, yeah, so 12 and 13 then. Because he was here the first year that Pujols was here, if memory serves correctly.
0: Correct, correct. And okay. He, um, he actually carried the load most of that year when Pujols was hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I have a guy for you, um, and this one's going to be a little bit out of left field. Uh, and this is for your question. I haven't given you my final guy I've always liked. Mm. Um but a guy whose career I would have seen a little bit more. Now, this is a bench piece, and it was Ben Revere in 2017. Okay. was a great bench piece for the Angels. Flirted with that 300 number. Very fast. A very Billy Hamilton type of player. Now, a lot of people don't like Billy Hamilton because, uh, you know, he can't hit to save his life. And Ben Revere was almost on the same boat. He was on the uh, Futures team. Represented the U.S. with Mike Trout in 2010, the game that was played at Angel Stadium. So there, was, and so was Danny Espinosa, for its worth. And um, those guys had big expectations, and Ben Revere never really quite met up to those expectations. But he was really great coming off of the bench for the Angels in 2017, and I would have—I uh, don't think he really played much after that. It would have been great to see him a stay late and Angels a couple more years. Or B, maybe have gotten him you know, years ago instead of Minnesota. Because I think Minnesota just put too many expectations on him. There's valor in an outfielder who provides good defense and is speedy, in my opinion.
0: Oh, I agree, and that goes to my second player. Uh, it, it goes back to, again, the late 90s when when, when the Angels were, were struggling. Uh, but I love Tony Phillips. I hated him with the Oakland A's, the late great Tony Phillips who passed away a few years ago. Um, that guy was a switch hitting machine could get on base, uh, very fast, uh, made spectacular because he, him and Ricky Henderson were good friends and they were actually on the angels together for one year, but, uh, they spent a lot of time in Oakland and, uh, man, when he came to the angels, he brought the angels just did not have a leadoff guy since Devon white. And when he came in there, dude, like it just changed the offense. And that's when, Guys like Tim Salmon, Garrett Anderson, Jim Edmonds were all coming up, and they they let they learned from him. So I mean, I I really like uh, Tony Phillips, and we got him at the tail end of his career. I, I wish he had been with the Angels longer.
1: Yeah, that was a little bit before my time, father time. So I guess I can't comment on that. Um, <laughs> let me give you the the last guy that uh, I was talking about. So my last and like third guy who I've always liked for me it was Efren Navarro. Um, I always thought the guy had a lot of potential. He was one of the last guys drafted uh, in the MLB draft. uh, What was he drafted? Um, It was really, really down there. I think he was one of the only guys to be drafted that far down and make it to the majors. He was drafted in the 50th round of the 2007 draft. Damn, Doesn't tell me what draft pick he is, but I mean, you know, 50, man, you're – you're pretty low. I mean, because uh, wasn't Mike Piazza also pretty close to down there?
0: Yes. Yeah. Mike was- Piazza
1: was drafted as a favor, and guy ended up being a Hall of Famer. Efren Navarro obviously did not end up being a Hall of Famer, but um, he was a he was from Linwood, so obviously not that far from Anaheim at all. He had a career batting average of .241, not atrocious. Only hit three home runs. But in 2014, I remember him being a very key bench piece for the Angels through 64 games. And then in 2015, 54 games as well. 2014, he batted at 245, but with an on base percentage of 302 and pretty solid defense. He was also a kind of guy that they used to throw around everywhere. They have him listed as a first baseman and left fielder, but I remember him playing a couple other positions.
0: I, I just remember him looking like a fir- a prototypical first baseman. I just remember him. He looked calm out there. It's just his bat never. He just never got consistent. But he was that dude that you know, you, you saw something in him. He could he could play.
1: Yeah, I uh, when I commented that on on the Halos info question of the day, I put it for Navarro, and somebody was like, "Man, I remember that one week where he would not get out, and I and there he was very streaky."
0: Yeah, very streaky. But he, here's one I know we've given our three, but here's okay. one I think that me and you could both agree on uh as far as a co-one right here as an additional fourth because uh we've talked about this guy before and that's Peter Borges. Uh, oh yeah yeah. Yeah. Didn't uh, get a
1: good trip of the hat his most recent time what was it two years ago?
0: Uh yeah yeah he he uh bowed out with the Angels in 19 uh actually but uh, Really was it that long ago? Yeah 2019 yeah. But I remember he made that really good play at second base. Dude, okay. 2011, though, that was the year everyone thought he was just going to be this type of player. He had 11 triples, 12 homers, 43 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, and a 271 average. He never sniffed that again. But that year... Yeah, he was like Mike Trout before Mike Trout. Yeah, <laughs> that year, that year at least. He popped off, and uh, we all thought he he arrived, and uh, we, it was fool's gold. But that was definitely, I guess, one of the players that me and you... We're like, man, that guy could have either stayed healthy or been consistent. What a player.
1: Yeah, and he was always good defensively. I mean, even near the tail end of his career there. Like I said, I remember that game where um, Trevor Cahill had to bat for the Angels. I think it was in extra innings, (laughs) um, which should have told us everything right there. Peter Borges was playing second base, which was another cause for concern. But he made that diving play to keep the game tied. So, um, yeah, he was always fun to watch defensively. Okay, uh, I told you before the show that I was going to put you on the spot with something, so you don't have to go too much into detail here, but because I know we could probably do a whole episode about this alone. Who is the one Angel player that you've seen that you hated? Everyone else might have liked him, or he might have been hot for any time, but this guy could have, like, you know, this guy could have whatever, and you would have hated him no matter what. Who is that guy?
0: Hmm. That that's a very very good question.
1: Okay, I have one. If you want to think for another, like, yeah, 10 yeah, seconds. yeah. Go okay, Fernando Salas. Fernando Salas. I always hated Fernando Salas. Mike Social always misused him. Always put him in high leverage situations. And the thing with Fernando Salas, he was lights out, or he was the worst pitcher in baseball, depending on the outing. I went to numerous games in 2014 and 2015 where he let the game slip away.
0: Okay, okay, go ahead.
1: No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was looking up Fernando Salas' stats while you talk.
0: Okay, I'll give you one, and it's one that I've hated for a long time because I used to hear Rex Hudler say it all the time. He's like the mighty Quinlan, Rob Quinlan. I, I he's yeah. to me, he irritates me to this day. And he played on some Angels teams at one. It's just, it pisses me off that I felt that there was like 25 other guys in the minors that were better than him, that he was stealing a roster spot. And the joke back then was, the joke they say now is, wow, they must have had some, you know, uh, pictures, incriminating pictures of Artie. Well, back then it was incriminating pictures of Sosha because I didn't know how he was getting, you know, at bats over way better players off the bench.
1: Yeah, right. Maybe he uh, he had the Epstein list a couple years ago and such his name might have been
0: he had dude, he had the a wiffle ball swing, you know, what I'm yeah. like it, it just he had a lousy absolute ass. hack. Yeah, and, and somehow he would make some contact, and and you know, all of a sudden, you know, he had three hits in one week, and Social's like, Yep, keep starting him. I'm like, Why? He had one of those swings where, like, he just closed his
1: eyes and had a direct swing, and if it made contact, hey. You know, the ball would travel, but
0: that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Making contact. I hated that guy.
1: That's fair. So like I said, I feel like that's a whole other episode maybe we can do in the future. Who are the guys that you just just hated? Okay, so we'll, as you like to say, put a pin on it, uh, and maybe we'll cover that one in the future. All right, so uh, let's real quick, uh, and, you know, I I got this because uh, the Super Halo Bros had kind of already talked about it. Uh, We hadn't recorded it since this list came out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I kind of want to piggyback off of something they said because I think they actually brought up some pretty decent points on this. Uh, There was a list that was made by MLB.com where they talked about the 10 least improved teams this offseason going into the 2024 season. And lo and behold, who's in first place? Well, none other than the Los Angeles Angels. And whose photo is on that post. You think it'd be some guy like Shohei telling or something? No, it's actually Artie Moreno. So uh what's I don't the have the list in front over of me.
0: Yeah, right
1: yeah, exactly. He looks very disappointed actually. <laughs> he looks very disappointed like he saw your screen before we hit record.
0: Yeah, he's biting his lower lip. He's like, What's he? What's he gonna say about my unfinished business?
1: Oh, I was gonna say a joke that maybe he's in a feat too, when he was watching those videos. But uh <laughs> So with that being said, uh, I don't have the rest of the list in front of me. I couldn't find it. I tried to find it before we were recording. I didn't want to dig that deep. But really, the most important thing, the Angels are apparently the least improved team. Now, the biggest reason why is obvious, right? You lost Shohei Otani. You haven't replaced him in any capacity. But besides that, I mean, the Angels haven't lost any major pieces. Uh, I know they let Escobar walk. Mustakis is obviously a piece— but I don't think that's one that the national media is paying attention to. It really is just Shohei Oton. So, in your opinion, is that accurate? Are the Angels the least improved team going into twenty twenty
0: four? Yeah, because they haven't done anything. I mean, their their biggest free agent is Ron Washington. They're, they're, they hey, they
1: got Zach. Please, Zach.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again, their biggest free agent is Ron Washington. Uh, none of, I mean. I love the uh, the headline you put on as far as the Angels signing that player. I can't even pronounce his name or think of his name at the moment. But uh, first, former first round pick in two thousand fifteen. That's our off season right now, and uh, if it continues, uh, it, it is going to be a long season. I mean, this is uh, right now, and, and, and bit of news uh, tonight was a tweet that came out that Amazon bought uh, a good majority of. Diamond Sports Club, which owns Bally's. Uh yep, yep. I saw that. Bally's is bankrupt. So that takes away from Artie's cash cow because I know he was interested in purchasing that. So uh could that be he was uh, before Bally bought it? Yeah. Is is this is this another uh means to an end for him? Uh but uh but with that being said, yeah, I, I think they, they have truly, you know, they were gonna be the I don't care if they signed four free agents. Fernando, I still think losing Shohei, everyone thinks he's the greatest hitter of all time, the greatest pitcher of all time, someone we've never seen before. So until he either crashes and burns or gets even better, he's already got that moniker and they're already going to slay us for losing two players in one.
1: Yeah, now I don't know if necessarily this offseason is done. And what I mean by that is, Let's just say that the Angels get one of these arms that's left. You know, let's put on our land of imagination hats real quick, okay? <laughs> so let's just say you get a guy like Blake Snell. Uh, hell, for fun, let's throw in Julio Urias, the, the woman beater. I'm not endorsing that, by the way. That's, that's not yeah, okay in don't. any capacity. <laughs> yeah, please do not do that. Uh I, I'm making fun of him merely. Uh, I, right. I don't think that the Angels should look, yeah, in a direction like Cyclops or, you know, even a Trevor Bauer to a lesser extent. You know, there's proof that Julio Urias is a dirtbag, right? He's been proven, you know, domestic violence multiple times. Um, Trevor Bauer, you know, he went to court. He was proven innocent in a court of law. Whether you like him or not, it's up to you. Uh, I don't like Trevor Bauer because of the drama that would come with him. Not necessarily his pitching ability or, you know, what he did or didn't do that night that uh, he went to court for. Um, But the fact of the matter is, so let's just entertain the idea that the Angels get a guy like Urias, they get a guy like Blake Snell, whoever. Um, You know, they get a lefty. You're going to think to yourself, well, that's going to be five lefties that the Angels are going to have, or they're going to have four lefties, right? You're going to have Tyler Anderson, Detmers, Sandoval, and then, you know, Snell or Urias if you get one of those guys. Okay, yes, but you're probably now assuming you're going to trade a guy like Sandoval and Demers, and you can get a decent return for either of those guys. Andrew, our resident Padres fan, agrees that both of those guys, though they have struggled, have shown enough promise and they have enough control for a lot of teams that you're going to get something back. So what I'm saying is that the offseason isn't completely over. Now, do I think the Angels are going to make a major move? No, I don't. I do think more or less this is the roster they're going to go into it with. If I'm wrong, hey, I've been wrong before. I don't mind being wrong. I know Todd doesn't either. We crow on this network all the time, yet people listen. So with that being said, I know the offseason isn't over, but you obviously have a very, very large cloud of the greatest baseball player in the planet being gone. And like you said, they've done – Nothing. Nor have they even flirted with the idea of trying to replace him with a productive player. You can't replace Otani, but you know, just like in Moneyball, you can't recreate him.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's again, we're not, we're, we haven't been given any kind of blueprint on what they're going to do. We, we, we're just sitting back like every other fan. And you know when you also, I mean, that's the thing that broke the market too. You got to remember, Otani's contract now. Snell's like, oh, I don't want one hundred and fifty million. Are you are you kidding me? Get that crap out of here. I can get two or you know I or two or three, maybe even four hundred million dollars. I'm valuable. Blah blah blah. Everyone's gonna be like, well, if he got seven, you know, I think I should be worth this. You know, for one way player, you know, I'm not gonna go for seven, but a three fifty. I mean, dude, it's pushed away a lot of, you know, owners and a lot of uh, it's pushed agents to either try harder or try to tell their client, hey, simmer down a little bit, because I think what we're going to do is what you said last podcast is, I think, early February, maybe even mid-February into March, you're going to start seeing some real dominoes falling, which should have been falling in late December, January, but we're gonna see yeah. these players hold out. And then when they realize, okay, these owners aren't budging. Okay, these agents can't get me what I want. It's gonna it's just gonna turn into, yeah, let's just sign here because I think we're gonna win, or let me see if I can get the most out of this team, or you know what I mean? Like like they're gonna push teams to the limit. I think Angels might, like you said, they might surprise us because they might benefit from some of these players being that banked. was
1: gonna be my question there. Yeah. I was going to ask you: Do you think that the later we get and the closer to spring training we get, that the Angels, you know, might have one of these players, maybe two or three of them, laying in their laps? Maybe not with these big elaborate deals, but with these one or two year deals that the Angels love signing. Do you think they have that?
0: Oh, I think so. I I think you might see a a, a scenario where the Angels pick up seven to eight players, meaning they get really your, okay. They get your Mustakis. They get your uh, Urshela's back. And they then they get a couple mid-range, you know, free agents to help out of the bullpen. Maybe a starter, and then they maybe land one or two big fish, maybe even three that would have been big fish, but you know, they're the market's not there, so they have to take what a team like the Angels would give. I I I, I seriously think it could be anywhere from five to seven mid-range to possibly maybe B level um, free agents.
1: Yeah, I could, like, you know, cause so let's just, okay, so I don't want to go too deep into this because we're not in this speculation, but, like, you know, we get a guy like uh, Moustakis or Shella just to, you know, get some depth for Rendome there and maybe even some depth and help for Shanuel because ShamWoww only played, you know, a handful of games last year and he did a great job, but he was a rookie, guys, right? Nobody knew this guy's scouting report now the jury's going to be out on him, right? They're going to find the holes in the swings. That happens to everybody. doesn't matter who you are. So with that being said, we don't know what we're going to get out of Shambo out next year. I'm hoping because he proved to be a pure hitter, he adjusts, but hey, the jury is out. So Mustakas or Shella, that would be, that would make me pretty happy, you know, two year deal each, one year deal, whatever. Um, okay. And then maybe you get a guy like a JD Martinez, you know? older guy established hitter you know the power is still kind of there he's gonna be what a guy like Hunter Renfro should have been last year right he's gonna get you about 20 home runs he's gonna be in that 260 range he's not gonna play very much on the field but if you need him to play some outfield okay he'll bail you out there okay all of a sudden we're not talking about a horrible year and then that's when like Maybe we can take a flyer on a guy like Hung Joon Ryu coming out for Tommy John surgery. Yeah, another lefty, but I would take a flyer on him at that point because like, okay, hey, our offense is kind of starting to come along now. There isn't any sexy signings, but the Angels don't need any sexy signings. We've made the big splashes. It doesn't work. I don't want a guy like Blake Snell. You know, he walks too many guys. I don't really think he's reliable. Reliable. Blake Snell's a Cy Young winner, or he's an average pitcher. That is all you get out of Blake Snell. There is no hey, he had a pretty good year. He's either he's either uh, you know a Cy Young award winner, or he's Jose Suarez last year. There is no in between for Blake Snell. The only positive that comes out of Blake Snell is that he hasn't really had any prolonged periods of time where he's hurt. He doesn't pitch a lot of innings. I think he's normally like in the one thirty to one sixty innings pitch range. Yeah. And the Angels don't need that. You know, say what you want about Tyler Anderson having a bad year, but at least it was there. And for the Angels, that's more than we can say about most of our pitchers lately.
0: And, and here's my thing I'll give a good analogy to this, or at least I think I will. Uh, a friend I won't name names, Tony um, of mine, uh, he always complains about, man, I always get these, these, uh, these, the crazy chicks, you know, the ones that, that, you know, they're unstable and stuff like that, right? And I think that's the Angels. When it comes to uh, free agents, uh, they get the unstable ones, like your Blake Snells, who magically pitched great in their freaking contract walk year. Your your Anthony Rendon's, your Gary Matthews Jr. from the past. Uh, you name it, player there. You know, with the exception of maybe Albert Pujols, because he had a career, you know, uh, steady career before he came to the Angels. But if they did their homework, yeah. they would have saw the plantar fasciitis. You know, his last year of St. Louis. Stuff like that. But, I mean, the Angels usually Tyler Anderson, another one. uh, Pitch great for the Dodgers. Let's give them a max contract or a big contract. Um, Angels are just – they they want to say, hey, we're going to stay away from those guys who are in these walk years. But then what do they do? <laughs> Go right back to it, first chance they get. And that's what I'm scared of. If yeah. they're really going to change their mind and, and do, do the right thing – I, I would I would like for me the, a free agent I keep bringing up is Soler because he's got a good pedigree behind him. It's not just last. I just don't think he's going to be around in that time period we're talking about where he's going to take a pay cut to sign with us. I think I think one of these teams are going to uh, going to have to call his bluff and try to pay him pretty good. Uh, coming off a good year in Miami, uh, which is not the easiest place to hit. So uh, yeah, I mean. I would like another corner outfielder to help with Adele. I like your moves as far as a first baseman, Martinez, and stuff like that. And another pitcher, like, uh, you know, take a chance type deal. Uh, it wouldn't be bargain basement shopping with Ryu because R- we know Ryu's got good stuff. and
1: Yeah, he, the problem with him is he's coming off for Tommy John surgery. But like I said, if you can secure those other guys, I wouldn't mind. Worst comes to worst. At least out of Ryu, you're getting a guy who's an established lefty who can teach guys like, you know, Sandoval and Detmers to our lefties, like, hey, a thing or two.
0: And one you question and because have for he's you. been
1: there and he's played in some big games.
0: And one question I have for you, real quick, Fernando, is because let's sure. just say, even if they don't sign another lefty, doesn't the That's current state of the rotation for the Angels and the other guys that they got coming out of the minors that are lefties? Doesn't that push a Griffin Canning or a Silseth despite maybe they're not being the best pitchers uh, out of those lefties into the rotation out of need more than or or out of uh, want more than need?
1: Maybe, you know, if we're talking about really no other moves being made, I want to see Silseth get a solid two months in the rotation next year. I don't care if it's an absolute dumpster fire, if he's going up there, giving up five or six runs. If really, if we're rolling in with this team next year and it really is the young guys show, let them go out there every fifth day. Let them figure it out. Like I told you, I'm more, if the Angels don't make any big moves, I'm not mad that they didn't sign any big guys. I'm more mad that they didn't go fully into a rebuild. But if this is the team we're going to roll with and let the young guys play, then let the young guys play. If you're going to give Silseth the opportunity, let him go out there because you know Canning's probably going to get it. As of right now, I think Kenning's in the rotation. I would look, once again, maybe you do look into trading a guy like a Sandoval or a Detmers and just give Silseth the opportunity because then you have your five guys, and then maybe you could trade one of those pieces to get one or two decent corner outfielders, prospects, controllable guys, whatever. Or maybe a third baseman because Rendon only has two more years left under contract. And,
0: um, is that after, you this, know, if he sucks
1: that- this idea after this year, he's only got two years left. Oh. So with that being said, you know, let's just say he sucks this year and he sucks next year. Maybe the angels bite the bullet and just eat that year yellow to do with Upton and Pujols. And at that point, you need a guy to be ready to take his spot. And last time I checked the angels don't have any good third baseman, um, just burning a hole in their pocket. By then I think Renhifo will be a free agent. So, you know, you don't even have that, but uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Cause I know we're going to start wrapping up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into uh Ron Washington? Uh,
1: yeah. So I'll, um, you know, I'll keep that short and sweet because I mean, no matter which way you slice it or dice it, we are getting closer to spring training. And I think that's truly when we're going to hear him, hear the players and see if perhaps whatever kind of knowledge he's spewing, you know, is is turning the tides a little bit. I love what he said. I love that he's all for holding players accountable. But as of right now, as we sit here in January, a couple days away from my birthday, I know that talk is cheap. It's all talk, guys. He can blah, blah, blah all he wants until he's in that clubhouse and we really see one week, two weeks, three weeks after opening day, that guys like Rendon, guys like Trout are truly in there taking every single at-bat as serious as possible, running out everything. And, you know, say what you want about Mike Trout's batting last year, but I've never once in my mind been like, Trout's kind of mailed it in. Like, he didn't run full speed at first. He let that ball purposely drop in front of him. You know, maybe he doesn't get to some balls anymore in the outfield like he used to, but, you know, he's also, what, about to be 32? In August, you know, I, I've never really thought that Trout, like, just doesn't try. Uh, Rendon doesn't try at all. So we'll see what happens, um, if he can actually get something out of these guys.
0: Yeah, it's going to come down to, two uh, for me, can he get the kind of... Because I know Ron Washington has been a part of several good organizations. Can he literally go out there and get... Uh, the right training staff if he's allowed to do that uh can he can they bring in some machines to help these guys work out can we get a dietitian in there to give these guys a meal regimen can we get them to have the right vitamins and say their prayers so we're not getting hurt so much uh i don't know and, and i think a lot of it's gonna we're gonna see a lot of it in spring training because if you watch mlb network They got cameras at every ballpark, every training facility. And if they show the angels working, doing things, something different than what you're seeing, then different is good. The status quo has gone on too long and, you know, we'll see it there first. And then in spring training, if you see more hustle, if you see guys uh, not so relaxed and a little bit, Hey, we got to play for our position, taking stuff a little bit seriously, Then there's a change, and then when regular season comes, if they're not swinging for the fences, maybe we got something here. You know, maybe we can be positive and, and and not Roger Lodge positive, but maybe we can be, uh, you know, just happy to know that we're gonna have a competitive team or at least a team that tries to win instead of like you said, mailing it in.
1: I couldn't agree more with you. So.
0: And it, whatever happens good, Fernando, the guy behind me will have nothing to do with it.
1: Uh, yeah, but, you know, if for whatever reason, the angle do make the playoffs in some mythical society, uh, he'll be the first one to try to take credit for it. I mean, 2014, fourteen. I'm well, there's those videos. Of, what was that, 2009, where the guys are, like, dumping champagne on him. Was that Vladdy?
0: Torrey Hunter. Torrey oh. Hunter.
1: That's who it was. Yeah, there you go.
0: But but no, I think you're right too. Vladdy was part of it too. They they were okay. both All of right. them were were uh, pouring champagne on him. So yeah, there that that was that was really annoying. And you know what's funny, Fernando, is I never thought. Well, of, at least back then we th- we thought it was a decent owner. Yeah, but but here's the thing: though. I never thought about him being a narcissist back then. I I never thought of. You know what I mean because usually you don't really see owners too much. Yeah. Either. Ever down there partying with the guys you know they might smoke a cigar with them with in a press conference or something like that but you really don't see him down there too much and uh already made it front and center all the time man <laughs> It
1: was always about him
0: exactly so if you got anything else my man
1: uh last thing i want to do uh i'm sure he's not listening but uh congratulations to our boy ty buttry signing a contract with seattle yes as a division uh rival but uh Good on him, man. I know he went down to uh, to the DR, and I think Puerto Rico as well had to stop there and uh, played some baseball. He texted me on Saturday. I was out to dinner with my girlfriend, we were eating dinner, and uh, I get a text from him randomly, and it's just, "Hey, I signed a contract with Seattle." And you know, him and I chit chatted back and forth. And I think it was like two or three days ago he made the announcement public. So, um, you know, we're not news and it also wasn't Angels news. But uh, yeah, I was super excited to hear, you know, to see that from him, and uh, congratulations!
0: Yeah, I would love to see him come out of uh, training camp and break uh, camp with the Mariners and get up. because, I mean, he's a he's such a great guy, and it would be awesome for him to to get another shot at things, and a uh, road to redemption from him has been long. So if he can make the Mariners squad, Mariners are going to be competitive. Unfortunately, like he said, they're in the division but uh i i would definitely be rooting for him
1: yeah he seems to i mean potential angel killer brewing right? He one of the astros didn't work out there Now he's going to seattle so it's like oh god as long as he doesn't up it uh, doesn't end up in oakland just for his sake
0: yeah yeah we don't we, we don't wish that upon any other major leaguer or
1: right. or a dodger oh brother see him in oakland
0: yeah please <laughs> no more angels going to the dodgers please for the love of god yeah right All right, so uh, if you got nothing else, that's uh, our show. Once again, Halo's in the Infield podcast at yahoo.com. Shoot us an email, and we will uh, get your name out there and uh, answer your questions or whatever you got going on brewing. So uh, for Todd Fox and the Long Star Halo, take it easy.